Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. As the calendar rolls into February, it is a busy time in the Michigan athletic scene. Basketball enters the stretch run for both the men and women. There is, of course, National Signing Day for football this week on Wednesday. Softball and baseball will both swing into action. And, of course, there's wrestling, gymnastics, swimming, all enjoying great seasons. This week, we welcome the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton, to the show for a chat about this very busy time of the year. First, a few news and notes to get us started. As I mentioned last week, we air on Tuesdays, so we are a day ahead of National Signing Day. As we have the last few years, we'll let the dust settle on the signing of the stars and next week bring on Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for his evaluation of the class of 2017. There is very little margin for error in Big Ten basketball this year, especially on the road and against your rival. Michigan struggled from the perimeter on Sunday, gave up too many points in the paint, and never could put a run together in the second half to overtake the young Spartans. With nine games left, our NCAA hopes are dimming. We are 4-5 and five entering the second half of the Big Ten schedule, and you would think we have to go at least 5-4, and 6-3 and three in the second half to get NCAA consideration. That would make us 500 in the Big Ten, and we would probably still be a bubble team. Who knows, uh, we could turn it around. Given the schedule, it looks like a long shot. Not that it's been a tough winter in these parts, but when Michigan softball and baseball begin action, we at least feel like spring is around the corner. Both teams are practicing indoors right now and head down south in the coming weeks to begin their respective seasons. So we'll be talking more about that in detail in the coming weeks. There aren't many people who have their finger on the pulse of everything happening on the Michigan athletic scene, which is a lot this time of year. One of those people who does is our guest today. Joining us on our game day segment next is the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. Here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our game day segment this week is the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. Good morning, John. How goes it? Good morning, Mike. It's uh, going well. It's it's that big week for uh, all fans of Michigan football recruiting, particularly. But uh, people are keeping a close eye on the basketball team and uh, a whole lot of different aspects of Michigan athletics. Well, you are right. It is a very busy time on the Wolverine athletics scene, John, as we roll the calendar later this week into February. Let's start talking about men's basketball, though. Uh, never easy to steal a win at the Breslin Center ever. And Sunday was another example of that, wasn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Michigan looked good for a long time. They they really hung in there, but uh, you're going to hit some streaks uh, where Michigan State gets it rolling, and for a while it just seemed like it was two-footers versus 20-footers, and makes a big difference, especially when you're not hitting as many threes as you'd like. Uh, they were starting to force Michigan to, into late shot clock situations, uh, meanwhile getting dunks at the other end at times and other uh, putbacks and just 
just what Michigan State does. And uh, I would say Michigan had a real warrior in that game in terms of Derek Walton Jr., the senior guard, coming up with 24 points and a really, really strong game, uh, kind of like he did as a freshman when uh, Michigan won up there. But there just weren't enough uh, giving performances like Derek Walton. And it is uh, – I. I Went into that game thinking this is probably, you're going to probably mark this down as a loss. But the flip side of that is these teams are, there's no big gap between them. And I, I expect Michigan is going to beat this team when it comes down to Chrysler Arena. But uh, location says a lot. Derek Walton, as you mentioned, had a huge game. A single-handedly kept us in the game. Uh, you have to give some credit to that Spartan defense, though. I've seen them a lot this year. They really rose to the occasion. I think that's the best D I've seen them play recently. From that perimeter, we did not get many clean looks at all. No, they really didn't. And the ones that they they got, uh, they sometimes they were a little bit hurried uh, because of the anticipation of the closeouts. And it just, um, uh, if there's one team that uh, Michigan State knows intimately, I mean, you know everybody in the Big Ten pretty well, but there's a special feeling when Michigan comes to town. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Tom Izzo and that crew is studied up, knows Michigan's actions, knows what it wants to do, and uh, is prepared for it. And when you have the that crowd backing you up, uh, there's an awful lot that uh, you can you can do defensively, and uh, it it makes it very very tough. Now you'll you'll get that turnaround where you'll try to carry that same defense on the road and and you know the heads will be turning because wait a minute that's a foul uh, how, how can how can that be uh but again it's the difference between road and home uh, don't get me wrong michigan state played very well and uh deserved to win that game but it's you know it's they took care of what they needed to do. I mean, this was a, this was a Michigan State team that came into this game uh, four and four in the league, twelve and nine overall, and really in danger of you know, starting to slip into that uh, territory where you're worried about: uh, Are we going to make the the NCAA tournament? And to have lost to Michigan at home, uh, the way they have been sliding lately, would have been a, a devastating blow to them. It's not a it's not a deal breaker for Michigan because they come right back with some home games here, uh, including one against Michigan State, and can reestablish themselves in the middle of that Big Ten pack. All you have to do is uh, there's so there, there's such a vast uh, array of teams in the middle of the Big Ten pack that all you have to be is on the right side of that, and you're probably going to make the tournament. Well, as you mentioned, John, the next two are at home. Ohio State on Saturday, Michigan State, a return visit on Tuesday uh, to Chrysler. Do you think we've reached the point of the season where it's not too early to say that both of those home games are must-wins for Michigan? I really think you need to win those two. Um, you never say never because if you split those games and then stole one on the road and finished strong, uh, leading up to the Michigan State game, uh, Michigan was showing signs of really picking it up. They played well at Wisconsin. They uh, routed Illinois at home, and then they really crushed Indiana, an Indiana team that's starting to slide a little bit themselves due to injury and play and, and different things. But 
um, you could you could split these games and still um, you know have hopes of making the, the tournament. But you don't want to put yourself in that position if you're Michigan. It's really it's really important that they hold serve on their home court in the next two games. Climb back to a six and five mark in the Big Ten with seven games left to play. I really think if you're uh, at that 500 mark or above, uh, maybe a game above in the Big Ten, you're going to be all right. You're going to make the tournament. They can't let it slide anymore. No, I think you're right. Terry Mills was on with me last week, and I asked him that question. I said, Terry, what do you think it will take for this Michigan team to make it into the NCAA tournament? He said, you know what, Mike? I think 9 and 9, 500 will probably do it, depending on some of the wins. But that means in the second half of the season, this team has to play pretty much, uh, what, six and three, five and four uh, to get that done. And that means they're going to have to be really at the top of their game. Yeah, they're going to have to uh, certainly go out and uh, and steal a couple on the road, uh, I think, and and hold serve as best they can at home. I don't think they've lost their last home game, but there are teams that they can beat on the road coming up probably uh, an easier road schedule than what they have faced so far. So it's, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on it. I'll tell you, that's, uh, that's two uh, former Michigan uh, standouts that uh, agree on that. Cause my, I, I talked to Tim McCormick quite frequently and he said the same thing. I and mean, this team finishes 500 in the big 10, they're going to go to the tournament. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, a lot, uh, is happening in the next few weeks. Two big home games that are must-wins, as we just discussed. Let's talk about women's hoops, uh, John. Coach Barnes-Arico picked up her 100th win at Michigan uh, last week when they beat Northwestern. It's a young team, but, man, they have a lot of talent, don't they? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, this is this is a, a team that and, and the, uh, <laughs> is, is really demonstrating what coaching can do. And uh, and this is a this is a coach that has steadily and Kim Barnesarico has brought Michigan along. Uh, it's it, they have uh, a roster that uh, is is very good. You look at uh, uh, Caitlin Flaherty; she's uh, uh, the the average uh, that she puts on the board. She's been such a such a consistent score. Uh, you got uh, Big Ten Player of the Week and Alec Dome That uh, uh, I mean, just just there is a level of talent here that um, we haven't seen in a while, and it's it's catching people's attention. This is a uh, you know I I, I think. Uh, if the upward arc continues like it has been for this team, it's going to build more and more of a following as uh, as it goes along. No, I agree with you, and I think maybe it's taken Coach Barnes and Rico a bit longer than some fans would have thought when she came from St. John's. I thought people thought it was sort of uh, pour it in, mix it up, and we are going to be an elite team, but it's taken her longer. But when you look at this roster and you watch them play right now, it looks to me like she finally has that foundation built for sustained success over these next few years at Michigan, John? Yeah, there's no doubt. I think you have to, it takes a while to win trust of recruits because you don't have the foundation in Michigan women's basketball that you have in so many places, uh, that history of winning where a recruit can just say, okay, uh, we know 
how it's going to be. We know this is a this is a team that's uh, won Big Ten championships and uh, and done things in the in the NCAA tournament. It uh, it wasn't that kind of a program uh, when she came here, uh, and Kim Barnsarico has had to sort of establish her own. Uh, identity and assurance in the minds of the people that she wants to come here that, hey, this we, we are going to win, and uh, we're going to win on a large scale. And I think uh, you're starting to see that in the talent she's able to bring in and in the results on the court. And 17 W's as we uh, get to the end of January with a big schedule in February. This team is looking like um, an NCAA team right now, John. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, they've they've got some good wins and uh having won four out of the last five they're, they're doing really really well i mean a lot of people are going to lose that maryland and that's their only loss over this span so um you know they've got uh they've got some tough games on the road coming up and certainly uh, they will be tested down the stretch but if if they can hold serve uh and you know six and two in the conference I think they're in a strong position. Well, this week they have Illinois on the road come back on Sunday uh, to play Iowa, and those look like, hmm, should be two wins for the team, but it's going to be an exciting uh, stretch run for Michigan basketball. Maybe not the same for hockey, John. I think most of us were somewhat surprised when Red Berenson opted to return for another year, and then he lost a boatload of talent. It is no doubt a rebuilding year for Michigan hockey, John. Yeah, there's there's no question about that. It's a, It's been a struggle almost from the start and you know i i get the feeling um when you're watching this team that uh it, it is not it's it's a it's a rung or two lower than you're you were looking at say in the 2005 uh, michigan football season but i get that sort of a feeling that uh you've got a coach that is uh towards the end of his coaching career uh like lloyd carr was and you don't want to go out with uh, with a down season. You want to get this thing back to where it was and and where it ought to be. And uh, and this was a tough year to try and get that done. You you noted the talent drain and everything else. Well, you know uh, you, you get some younger guys not coming along quite as quickly as you'd like, and, and then things uh, can snowball on you, and that's. That's kind of what has happened with uh, with Michigan hockey this year. Uh, one six and one conference record. Nobody would have uh, imagined that, you know, a few years back would even be possible for Michigan hockey, which has uh, was at the top of the CCHA all those years. Well, as we mentioned, the team lost a lot of talent after last year's great run. Red deciding to come back wasn't until after the season. Do you think that affected recruiting in ways too? negative ways? Well, I guarantee you, you're going to have people out there saying you don't know what's going to happen and uh, you, you don't want to be into a, uh, a situation with that many question marks and, uh, you know, Michigan isn't what it, what it once was and all kinds of things. You will be negatively recruited when there is, uh, is that doubt uh, that uh, somebody can grab onto and put out there there's uh, there's no question about it. Shoot, Michigan football gets negatively recruited uh, from the standpoint of uh, people trying to grab any little snippet in the news that says Jim Harbaugh or uh, uh, an NFL team is interested in Jim Harbaugh, even if that 
interest isn't reciprocated in the slightest if they have something to grab like that and throw out there. And when there is actual uh, you know, question about how long a, a head coach will go, they'll, uh, they'll use that even all the more. Well, as you mentioned too, John, Red Berenson has uh, built such an incredible program at the University of Michigan, and he's so competitive, you think, part of you thinks anyway, that he doesn't want to go out like this. He wants to restore the program and then leave. And there hasn't been much talk about this yet this year, but do you have any inkling that this might be his last year behind the bench, or no, he's coming back? Well, that's his internal uh, battle, I would say, because... Uh, you, you can um, get to the point where you say, you know, no, that's enough. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to someone else. But uh, again, there is, you know, he, he didn't suddenly forget how to coach. And there is a, a great pride and drive within him that I am sure is not just whispering, but shouting to him, uh, we we can get this back to where it needs to be. So, you know, um, I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised either way uh, if he if he stepped aside at the end of this season, or if uh, that competitiveness and uh, and pride in him says, you know, let's let's give it one more year and and get this thing going. Well, with us on our game day segment this week is the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. John, let's talk uh, a little bit about football, which uh, never goes away. Uh, we're recording the day before National Signing Day, the signing of the stars in these parts. Class is pretty much set, but Nico Collins from Alabama and Aubrey Solomon from Georgia are still in the picture. And at this point, man, would they be two huge additions to this class? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, because what are you looking at? You're, you're looking at a team that uh, has lost so much talent. I mean, they, they may have a record number of NFL uh, draftees. And one of the spots where you will have good starters next year, but uh, suspect depth will be in that defensive line. And if you could bring in a, a five-star uh, defensive tackle like Aubrey Solomon, uh, that would be huge. Now, most people know the ups and downs that have gone along with uh, with Mr. Solomon, was a commit at one point, and uh, was uh, then looking around and unhappy about some things, and uh, now is uh, looking uh, back this way, we have got uh, sources that think that he is going to wind up at, at Michigan, uh, but you are still dealing with uh, someone uh, that has a has a chance to or has SEC uh, squads interested in him, including Alabama. So uh, you, you just <laughs> you wait until that letter is signed on that one to to say anything definitive. Um, certainly, Michigan's looking to load up on uh, receivers again, and you mentioned Nico Collins. Uh, that's one that uh, could turn Michigan's way. They also feel very good, I think, about uh, the four-star wide receiver prospect Oliver Martin, who uh, has been around, and uh, now it uh, there are some that, that think he is going to wind up as a Wolverine. So. 
Uh, it's going to be an interesting Wednesday. You got a little drama coming down the stretch here for Michigan recruiting. Yeah, it's amazing. If you could get either Collins or Martin, I would think uh, what a haul you have at wide receiver. You get both of those, and this wide receiver class is amazing. There's no doubt, and then people can see the opportunity that was there. All the the you know the two biggest headliners are out the door. Now, I, Michigan certainly has some talented younger receivers that uh, we caught a glimpse of. But uh, there is room for uh, people to come in and, and compete. And that this receiving class led by, uh, in my mind, Donovan Peoples-Jones out of uh, Detroit, not too far away, uh, is going to be exceptional, as, as good uh, as any in the country, if not the best in the country. Well, last week Michigan announced uh, that part of spring practice would be held in Rome. Just another example of Jim Harbaugh thinking out of the box, John, and probably... Uh, confounding the gang at the NCAA. Yeah, and uh, people, I've heard uh, from some people who say, well, this isn't even as, this, this isn't as big an impact as, uh, as, say, going down to IMG in the heart of SEC country and setting up shop and all. But I think Michigan knew that uh, the NCAA was going to do some things to, uh, to put an end to uh, spring break sort of uh, spring football. And uh, they're casting a, a wider vision. Uh, it's certainly, if you have a chance to, I read a, 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 um, a tweet by Devin Funches, the uh, former Wolverine now in the NFL, that said, if, uh, if I had a chance to, to go on a trip like that, I can't even imagine, and uh, and have someone else fund that thing. Uh, and, you know, you have to hope for Michigan's sake that uh, recruits without those years behind them uh, yet can look forward to it and say, yeah, I, I want to be a part of that. But, you know, they, they're talking about leaders and best, and uh, this is certainly innovative beyond anyone's imagination that, that these guys are going to be able to go and uh, not only get some practices in while over there, but uh, have a really an experience of a lifetime, have all sorts of educational opportunities as offshoots of this. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is going to be an attention getter. It, it was when it was announced, but it will be even more so when uh, they're actually over there and the stories are coming out and the photos and, and uh, the, the highlights of their time there. Well, the NCAA, as we just mentioned, put the kibosh to uh, practice on spring break. They limited satellite camps all pretty much. I think everyone agrees because of what Jim Harbaugh was doing. It kind of makes you wonder, though, what's up next or what he has up his sleeve, doesn't it, John? Oh, there's no doubt that, uh, and we've even heard that he's uh, got some things that he's going to uh, push back. You know this, that he is never going to stop uh, pushing the envelope and never stop competing as hard as he can compete within the rules. Uh, I wish, quite frankly, that the NCAA would spend a little less time scheming against the legal things that uh, Jim Harbaugh is doing and, and making them, you know, suddenly against NCAA rules, as it uh, and spend a little more time enforcing the uh, voluminous rules that they have because uh, I, I think that would uh, that would even the playing field in uh, some pretty significant areas so uh, but that's that's how it is he's high profile and uh, 
and they are pushing back against some of the things that he's instituted. But again, it uh, I just shake my head over what uh, maybe some of the best programs in the country uh, have historically gotten away with. And uh, if you if you look at the at the record. Uh, what has happened there, uh, Jim Arbaugh? He says it right out front. He says, "If uh, you know, if you're cheating, you've already lost." And that's a, uh, I believe in that, but it doesn't always play out that way in a bottom line sense across the NCAA landscape. Well, we know the uh, the trip to Rome is somewhere in late April, so uh, I haven't seen an official start date for spring practice announced yet, John. Is that coming up, you think, maybe in, in the next week or two? I would say we'll probably hear about it. We may hear about it on Wednesday after uh, signing of the Stars. Uh, but, yes, uh, they have not uh, detailed that as yet. Well, moving along to something that uh, we're going to be hearing about in the next two weeks, believe it or not, uh, we're recording this segment on Monday morning, Wednesday, February arrives. So softball and baseball, just weeks away from opening uh, their respective sports, John. Yeah, it's, uh, they, they have the big February trips, and it's always fun to, uh, <clears throat> to see uh, that roll out, those sports roll out, because, you know, it gives us all a a sense of springtime and uh these are programs that uh one that uh, has been a winner for a long long time in softball and, and carol hutchins uh shows no signs of slowing down uh and uh, certainly baseball has done some good things in recent years and uh, you, you look at uh what these guys have put together under eric Backich and um, I think they've they've got a lot of reason to be optimistic about the season to come. Yeah, Coach Hutchins uh, in softball uh, lost a great senior class last year, but I think we know this already. It's not a rebuilding year. It's just a reload year, isn't it, John? She does not stop recruiting for sure. And uh, you are, you know, you've got one of your uh, main pitchers back in uh, in Megan Betza. Uh, you certainly have some uh, position players that are are going to come through for you. I, I just think, you know, uh, this program has been a cut above for so long, and it's so well established that uh, the younger learning from the older. I mean, you don't uh, you don't replace a Sierra Romero, but there are others that. Uh, can do a lot and uh, and will do and you know I, I just think this team is going to be right in it again for uh, battling for the Big Ten championship and uh, seeing if it can take those next levels up in in the postseason. And then in baseball, Coach Backich, uh, another example, almost like Coach Barnzarico in uh, in basketball, where it's taken him time to build this program and get it up to speed. He's had such a great track record wherever he's been. But since taking over baseball at the University of Michigan, he has really built the talent level, and this should be a darn good team. Oh, yeah. I think uh, you just look at what this group has done, as you mentioned, in recent years. And uh, and the year that they had uh, last year, I think they they were very, very solid to uh, to win 36 games and uh, and uh, were above average or above 500 in the conference. Um, I just yeah, I like uh, what they have going to uh, 
to be in the uh, the uh, Big Ten tournament and compete like they did. Uh, that was, uh, I you know, I, I think that this is a team that could uh, take some steps forward. It's always, it just always seems like the, the baseball roster in college is more in flux, and you know that anybody in the northern climb is uh, is up against it more so than uh, all those teams in the in the Sun Belt. Uh, but uh, Backich has has done a very solid, uh, commendable job with this crew, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what they do uh, in the spring of 2017. Well, there is, of course, a lot going on we didn't get a chance to talk about, John. Gymnastics having another great year. Wrestling, too. Men's swimming and diving is ranked number nine heading into this week. A lot of great things going on around the Michigan athletic scene for fans to take advantage of right now, John. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you're talking about gymnastics and wrestling, and those are always strong. And uh, it, it's... You know they they have um, very loyal followings and it's it's amazing the um, the breadth of the quality programs that they uh, have here. I know Ward Manuel is interested in them all and takes great pride in just supporting them. And you you have a a, a former football guy come in as athletic director, and in some cases that might cause some of the uh, the Olympic sports. Uh, uh, leaders to say, uh-oh, uh, but it's it's really not that way because of a couple of things. Uh, Ward Manuel's own background in Michigan, gets Michigan, knows how important these other sports are, uh, but also in the other places that he has been, uh, say at UConn with, uh, with uh, women's basketball out there and and uh, different venues where he, he certainly understands Uh, that Michigan wants to be strong across the board. Well, my guest today on our game day segment has been the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton. As always, John, we appreciate the time. Look forward to your next visit. All right. Great to be with you, Mike. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, men's basketball is off until Saturday. They'll entertain Ohio State at Chrysler. Then Michigan State will visit next Tuesday. Women's Hoops hopes to continue their strong play. They will be on the road Wednesday night in Champaign to take on the Illini, then back home on Sunday to battle Iowa. Hockey will swing back into action this week when they entertain Ohio State at Yost. My phone lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. Or you can email me with your maize and blue thoughts at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. Our free show apps are available from the Google Play and iTunes stores. If you listen to iHeartRadio, we are now on the team there. Just do a search for The Michigan Man and save us to your favorites. If you get the show from iTunes, please take a minute to rate or comment on the program. Thank you in advance. That will do it for this week. Thanks again to the editor of the Wolverine magazine, John Borton, for being our guest. 
Next week, Steve Lorenz will be back with his final thoughts on the big National Signing Day class of 2017, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!